Welcome into the PFN Bengals podcast. I am Dallas Robinson. He is Jay Morrison. Jay, big win for the Bengals. They go into San Francisco. They take down the 49ers, who pretty much everyone had as an elite team up until these past couple weeks. Just an absolutely massive win. Uh, Joe Burrow, I think we can say Joe Burrow is officially back, right? I mean, this was what an absolute performance. And really from the whole team, but I think... That's kind of where we probably want to start is Joe Burrow. I mean, from where he was earlier in the season with the calf injury, even after that with some of these offensive struggles, to play like this against the 49ers and, and get the Bengals to 4-3 and three, right back in the mix. I don't think you can say enough about how big how big this win was, right, Jay? Right. I mean, it was huge. And, I mean, anybody who watched this podcast last week, I told you it was going to happen. I, I predicted <laughs> they were going to go out there. It's just – it's. I don't know. Weird's not the right word, but – it's just uncanny how, how this team mm-hmm. comes out of the break. And you would think a lot of teams, you'd think that would be common, that teams come off their bye week and play well. It's not. Like the, the, the record league-wide after a bye is not any different than, you know, what a normal week. And so this team has figured it out. And it's not just they come off the bye and they win, but they go to Vegas and win in 2021. They go to Pittsburgh and put up 37 where they never score like that last year. Mm-hmm. And then this performance was just, I mean, it was something else. It, that's a, yes, that, that 49ers defense was missing some, or offense was missing some pieces. Yeah. The defense was not. And, and what the Bengals were able to do is just like the, uh, the Seattle game, just bang, bang, right down the field, first two drives. And then it did fall off a little bit, but, it wasn't three and outs. They were still moving the ball. Yeah. You had the unfortunate fumble by Irv Smith at the five yard line. You had a field goal miss on another one. So they they just they just kept going. It was the the best Burroughs looked. It was the best Joe Mixon has looked. It was the best Irv Smith has looked. It was the best that offensive line has looked. It just they put it all together. Tyler Boyd even uh, the first mm-hmm. touchdown. They they they've struggled to get him going early in games, and I, I think all of his catches came in the first half. Um, so it just it's just one of those things where people say, "Oh, you get an extra week to prepare." That's not really the case. You get an extra week to rest. But when they came off that bye, they had a walkthrough on Monday and said, "See you later." It's not like yeah. those guys were practicing Tuesday through Sunday of the bye week. So um, just really really impressive performance, and um, I. It was funny. Zach was asked yesterday if this was a statement. Um, and he said, no, it wasn't a statement. It was a reminder and, and not a reminder to them, a reminder to the doubters out there. And there have been. I mean, I I should go back through my mentions from weeks one through four and just start mm-hmm. freezing cold takes people because the, the amount of seasons <laughs> over tweets I got yeah. was unreal. People just are so fast to give up. And even in in games, you turn over in the first quarter, everybody's like, oh, game's over. Mm. that you you just that's not the case with this team this team is I don't know how many times they have to prove it that they figure things out they start a little slow they figure things out they hit their rhythm and that I mean man that's what Sunday looked like it looked like yep. they have found something and yes the schedule's tough from here on out but they look like they're in a good spot to to really get back into this playoff race it's almost hard to remember like how bad this offense looked earlier in the season, right? After watching this game on Sunday and how bad Joe Burrow looked and he just could not move at all. We, you know, I called him the man in the box. He could not move. He couldn't do anything, or at least he felt like he couldn't do anything. You saw against the 49ers, he was moving everywhere. He had, he had six scrambles for 40 plus yards. One of those was a kneel down. So really, you know, five scrambles for 40 plus yards. 
on the first drive on that third and 10, you saw him just evade multiple tacklers, stiff arm Nick Bosa, get back in, get back in position and hit T. Higgins for that third down conversion. Nothing like that would have been possible earlier this season. It, it looked like vintage Joe Burrow. And I think mm-hmm. if you see Joe Burrow, that Joe Burrow back, that level of performance back, I mean, you have to feel good about this Bengals team going forward. Burrow was 28 of 32, 283 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. It, it was a pretty pl- flawless performance in my in my opinion. It looked it looked like the, the Joe Burrow of all, the Joe Burrow that I think we expected coming into this season, the guy who was going to compete with Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and those guys for the MVP. That That's who it looked like. And then you look on down the line, like you said, Joe Mixon absolutely had his best game of the year. I think you and I have been maybe even a little more up on him this year than others that we thought mm-hmm. he had some bursts left. We saw it in this game that he looked you know, like the Joe Mixon of old. I don't know if that means this rushing attack is fixed, but it certainly looked like it was this week. And I think that had to do a lot with the under center stuff. You saw this team yeah. not be willing to do that in the past. You know, Joe Joe Burrow prefers the shotgun. He prefers not to turn his back to the defense. You saw them, the Bengals last year, really go into that shotgun heavy offense. And that's kind of how they were successful. This year, they've decided we need to get that running game going. We need to get the play action going. We're going to go under center. Maybe look a little different. We talked about this on the show that you need to have other avenues to score, right? It can't just be Joe. It's Joe Burrow. Go do something. He can obviously do that, but there needs to be other ways to score. And I think we saw that on Sunday with with this rushing attack and this passing attack kind of coming together and looking like it's you know one cohesive offensive unit instead of these siloed different parts of an offense that don't really fit together. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was just it was impressive the way they set it up because yeah, under center. Uh, first six games, 16 snaps under center. And I didn't go back and look, but I guarantee some of those were kneel downs at the mm, end of game. Definitely. So um, Sunday, 14 snaps under center. One was a kneel down. So 13 real snaps under center. The first three under snap centers, they threw the ball. Or mm-hmm. the first under center snaps, they threw the ball. Yeah. And then after that, they ran it every time. They just, they they got the 49ers thinking and they, they set it up and the play action was working. And it, the other thing is a bunch of those snaps. Let me see here. I got it written down. Six of those under center snaps were in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. And then they basically abandoned it. They yeah. two and two total snaps under center in the second, third quarters. And then in the fourth quarter, they go back to it and, and right. they, they start really hitting San Francisco with the run. Cause they're playing with the lead Mixon. I mean, the touchdown and then the play before that where it's supposed to go up the middle and he sees it right away and he cuts to the left and outruns. I mean, that's just – that looked like young Joe Mixon. Yes. Um, and, and it's just you, – you just – I don't know how long Joe can hold up. I still think they're going to need help. We don't know how serious Chase Young or Chase Brown's um, injury – we were talking about Chase Young before we started yeah. the show. And there I, I did <laughs> yeah. it. Chase Brown's injury. We don't know how bad it is. It's bad enough that he's going to miss four games or three more after this one. And, yeah, they just – they don't really seem interested in working Travion and, and Chris Evans in. Now, yeah. Travion did get a carry Sunday, but he's not not going to get the kind of load that I think we were expecting from Chase Brown. So it's going to be on Joe Mixon's shoulders, um, you know, for at least another three weeks. And you, you hope he can hold up. It's crazy to be talking about a 27-year-old being old, but that's the case mm-hmm. with NFL running backs. Exactly. But, yeah, the, the under center stuff, it wasn't just the the the, the 16 plays that they ran under center for the the, the, the first six games netted mm-hmm. nine yards. Yeah. The 13 plays they ran under center on Sunday netted 58 yards. It's just 
everything's coming together. It wasn't really a surprise. They, they said they were going to do it. Um, yeah. But then you see it put into action and you see what it can work look like. And um, just just really, really impressive all the way around. Yeah, and I think you have to feel good about just a, just about everyone in this offense, right? I mean, the offensive line, I think, handled the 49ers defensive front really well. I think mm-hmm. that was a concern of mine coming into this game, especially, you know, the defensive interior. Is Javon Har- Hargrave just going to be in Joe Burrow's lap all day? And that really yeah. wasn't the case. That really wasn't the case. I think they played well. Jamar Chase, 10 for 100 and a touchdown. <laughs> just keeps on going. Just keeps on going. It's just an incredible season that he's having. I don't know if he's in the Offensive Player of the Year consideration just because some of these other guys like A.J. Brown and Tyree Kill and, and CMC who we saw on Sunday mm-hmm. are playing just out of their mind, but Jamar Chase has been as, as consistent as ever. T. Higgins got involved. Tyler Boyd, you mentioned. Irv Smith, I think, he sh- he did show up. He had, obviously, an absolutely back-breaking fumble right near, near the mm-hmm. goal line that you, you just can't have. You cannot have that, especially when Irv Smith really hasn't done that much coming into the season. To have that be kind of your big play is not 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 great. I think he he did make some other plays than looked a little more athletic than we've that we've seen in other games. So that that was a positive, um, you know. But and Andre Andre Yoshibos, you know, scored a touchdown, scored another touchdown. Mm-hmm. He's he's getting involved. It's nice to see him get involved too. I think it was just a really complete performance. I, I don't think there was anything that you look at from this game offensively and say, man, this this needs to be addressed or this needs to be fixed. It was just a really complete performance on that side of the ball. I think it can mostly say the same thing on the defensive side. Mm-hmm. Yes, they gave up a. a big number of total yard yardage if you just look at the box score a lot of those yards came in kind of garbage time situations though mm-hmm. right end of the second half they were giving up yardage to you know not a lot to try to get to halftime end of the game they were giving a lot of yardage up because the game was obviously over mm-hmm. if you take out those couple of drives from the 49ers i think the numbers look a lot better and then you look at you know a couple of interceptions from from the linebackers from pratt and from <laughs> wilson those guys looked really great i'm sure the bengals feel great about the contracts they've given them with how they played this year um, it was just a great performance, I think, from from all from all sides of this roster, and it it really put the Bengals right back in the mix. I mean, you look around the league in the mm-hmm. AFC North, in the AFC in general, a lot of things went the went the Bengals' way this week. The Steelers lost, the Browns lost, the Chiefs lost. I think you really have to feel good about the Bengals being at least in the mix. Like, I don't know if you can put them in the top of the AFC class yet, but they're trending that way. Their record isn't there. But if they can keep playing like they did this week and then obviously against Buffalo next week, I think you have to put them right back in the kind of that that top tier of AFC contenders. They've got a chance to put themselves there. Uh, you yeah. look, they're, they're currently number nine in the AFC playoff seating. The eight teams ahead of them, they play six of them. They play one of them twice. They still have to play Pittsburgh twice. Right. Um, the, the only ones they don't play are the Jets, and I don't think anybody's worried about the Jets. Uh, and then Miami at number two uh, currently, they they will not play them, but they they play Kansas City, they play Jacksonville, mm. they play Baltimore. You mentioned Buffalo, Pittsburgh twice, and then Cleveland again. So that's what Zach Zach Taylor keeps hammering home is they control their own destiny. Um, I I don't you know you're not talking about winning out or anything like that, yeah. but with those games in front of you, and you know right now they're they're a game and a half technically out of the number one seed, and with with how they played Sunday and the, you know, what, what you've seen from them do in the second half of seasons, the last couple of years, nothing's out of reach. And I mean, Kansas city, I, I know Mahomes was, was sick, but yeah, ah, you can't go in and lose that game to Denver. They look fallible. Um, 
Miami, I think the big question there is can Tua stay healthy? Same with Baltimore. Yeah. Can, can Lamar stay healthy? Jacksonville's impressive. They I, they really are. I, I I wonder. I mean, they're they're one of four teams tied at six and two right now. So I wonder, yeah. you know, are they a team that can that can run this out and, and win that number one seed? But again, the Bengals get a shot at them. They got a Monday night game with them in December down there in Jacksonville. Um, I just it it would have had they lost that game. The Bengals lost to San Francisco to go three and four. You would really be staring up i guess they would probably be the 12 seed right now instead yeah. of the nine um but this this it does, i don't want i don't know it doesn't reshuffle it but it, it it puts them in the picture even though nine looks way down there i don't think anybody looks at the Bengals as a as a nine seed caliber team in this conference no no not at all and i think it's they they were they it felt like they were so far out of things right when they were like one and mm. one and three it felt like they were so far out of things but they really weren't yeah, I think that you've seen that around the league that this year that there just doesn't seem to be like that elite juggernaut team in either conference really that that's everyone's kind of mixed in the middle of the pack and that's going to work to the Bengals advantage it also makes every game fun right because anybody can beat anybody at any time which mm. I think just as someone watching these games is is enjoyable but for the Bengals it. It has really worked out in their favor that it's kind of just a hodgepodge of all these kind of average mid-tier teams with nobody really standing out. And it's kind of opened up this avenue for the Bengals where, yeah, they look terrible at the beginning of the season. But, man, if they, if they get back to where they've been in previous seasons, they're right there. there there's no reason that they won't be able to get back to the playoffs. Um, let's go ahead and talk about next week because it's an absolutely huge game. It's an absolutely massive game against the Bills on, on Sunday Night Football. Um, they'll be on a national prime time on stage. Um, the last time the Bengals played the bills, obviously it was in the playoffs and they, they had their way with the bills. It wasn't even close. I don't know if I'm expecting that type of game, uh, this no. time around, you know, I, I don't see see that type of blowout happening. Um, I think I, one thing we do want to talk about though, is the DeMar, the DeMar Hamlin situation. It's going to be his first time coming back to Cincinnati since, since last year's really terrifying and scary incident where he where he went down the field and suffered that heart issue and had to be revived and you know came came close to, to passing away jay you were obviously there at the stadium when that happened um you know just talk about how what that was like at the time you know it was watching it at home it was so surreal and scary and terrifying and thank god that everything's okay with with damar and what's it going to be like for him you know coming back in that stadium this week and kind of and kind of seeing that whole remembering that situation yeah, I don't know what it's going to be like for him. Um, and, and he may not be there. I mean, he hasn't been active. And a lot of times, you know, guys, I, I guess they'll still travel him if, even if he's not active. Yeah. But uh, it, for me, I don't, I don't know that it'll it'll bring back too many memories because I go to that stadium every day. Yeah. And seeing those two teams on the field, under the lights, even that playoff game was mostly – at night and so i i don't know it wasn't it was in buffalo obviously it was in cincinnati so i don't know if it's going to be a rekindling of emotions but the emotions that night were were strong and it was it was just one of those things where you know everybody watching is is horrified and they they're just that's all they can do is sit and watch yeah. but when you're working your mind is like well what do i do now where, where do i go and it was crazy because you know, I was with the athletic at the time. So myself and Paul Daner were there, but we, there was also three athletic writers from Buffalo there. I mean, we mm -hmm. had that covered. And the, the, I remember Trent Rosecrans who covered the, who covers the reds for the athletic. He went straight to the hospital 
So that was a huge, neither Paul or I had to decide which one of us was going to go stake out the hospital. So we were able to do stuff at the stadium and you're just waiting for information. Paul did a great job. He went down field level. So he, he saw the Bengals captains walk into the Buffalo locker room and was able to report on that. And then finally the security down there got wise to everybody that was, everything was being tweeted out and they ushered all the reporters into the media room. We work in every day and shut the blinds and locked them in there. They would not let them out of there. So he was stuck in that room for a long time. I'm in the press box. You know, what do you do in the immediate when it first happened, it was just you're wondering how serious it is. You're seeing the, you're seeing like grown men hugging and crying and you knew it was bad, but you didn't really know. And then you see him doing chest compressions and it was, you knew it was serious, but it's like, am I seeing what I'm thinking? I'm seeing, you don't want to tweet out they're doing chest compressions. You don't want to get it wrong. So you're just trying to take it in. And, you know, after that, it was, well, what now, you know, they take him off on in the ambulance and, it's like, are, are they going to resume the game? Um, are they going to postpone it? I mean, how in the world can they come back and play tomorrow? There's not enough hotel rooms in Cincinnati to to put up an entire team that didn't have a, a bunch of rooms booked already as it is. Um, I, I went out. There's a they wouldn't let anybody get anywhere near the bills, obviously. But there's a there's an area in the stadium off of the press box that I was aware of. And I went out there. And I was, I had a view of the friends and family pen for, so the bills were out there, a lot of hugs and and that, Mm. then they get on the bus. They sat on that bus for an hour, hour and a half because, you know, they had a chartered flight and they couldn't leave any earlier. So I don't know why they didn't take them to the, to the airport and have them sit on instead of just sitting at the stadium on that bus. But, you know, I was just trying to do a timeline and watch when that bus was going to leave, what, what was going on out there. And, you know, one of the, the biggest or I don't know if I'll I'll say the the most vivid memory I have of that was right after the bus or the buses pulled Mm -hmm. out to go to the hospital I I guess this guy's there every game it's a you know like a street performer that tries to play for tips yeah Um, and he had this big huge sound system and he was playing he plays a saxophone he plays all kinds of different songs but he was playing hallelujah by Leonard Cohen and it was just it was just so surreal listening to that and processing your emotions and your thoughts. And um, just a, a night I will never forget, a night I hope I'd, I'd never relive. I hope you never see anything like that again. Um, they, I, I talked to the Bengals. They, nothing is planned for this Sunday. It's not, they've already honored all this, the, the medical staff and the, mm-hmm. the people at, at, uh, you, at the hospital, uh, UC Medical Center. Um, so it's not like there's going to be anything like that, that the Bengals and Bills are meeting today to talk about what they want to do. But the impression I get is if if there's any mention of it at all, it, it's going to be very subtle, very mm-hmm. brief. Kind, I don't know. It won't be a moment of silence kind of thing, but it'll be short like that. Maybe just yeah. a very brief mention of it before the game, uh, if at all. Um, but if, if, if anyone thinks they're going to, you know, kind of relive this and and, and re-celebrate DeMar's recovery, um, that's not going to be the case. That The focus is going to be on football Sunday night, yeah. and, and rightly rightly so, because this is a huge game. Yeah, yeah, I think that makes sense. You know, I think we just wanted to at least mention that. And it was, it was surreal to anyone. I mean, I'm sure yeah. I was watching at home. It was absolutely a surreal moment. And just a few weeks ago, you know, the Bills had a, had Damian Harris 
had to be ambulanced off the field and DeMar Hamlin was on the sidelines and you yeah. could see the emotion on his face watching this, you know, from a different point of view and what, what happened. And I'm sure a lot of emotion was going through the bills, bills sideline during that time too, just remembering what happened last year. So thank God he's okay. Thank God that he's, that he's still with us and that nothing ser- too serious happened and he's still playing football. It's absolutely yeah, amazing. amazing. He is absolutely still playing football, and he's he has been active this season and actually been on the field. It's it's absolutely incredible, and we're all happy to see it. Um, we still want Demar Hamlin's team to at least, if you're a Bengals fan, still want Demar Hamlin's team to lose this week. <laughs> if you're a if you're a Bengals fan, this is an absolutely huge game. Yeah. I, the Bengals, it feels like like we said, they're back in the mix. But if they can move to five and three and take down another team like the Bills after just taking down the 49ers, I think this will put the Bengals back kind of in that top tier. I think it'll have. Everyone around the country kind of thinking, Joe Burrow's back. Bengals are back in that top tier. Um, you know, the Bills are a tough team. They've been, they've been up and down this year. They've they've had some huge wins where they've just blown out teams that that aren't even anywhere close to them. They've also had some really embarrassing losses. We saw it in Week One when they lost to the Jets with no Aaron Rodgers. Right? They lost mm-hmm. that game. Um, a lot. Josh Allen has been incredible in many ways and incredible in some bad ways as well he, he's generated a, a ton of epa for his for his team with his arm and his legs he's also given a ton of production right back via fumbles and interceptions and turnovers and stuff like that um jay what are your what are your thoughts on this game i mean this i i, I think we know the bengals have decent matchups with this team um the bills defense is missing a lot of key pieces that they had last year when the yeah. Bengals kind of put a hurt on them that they don't even have a lot of those key pieces now how do you what do you think these two teams match up as we go into this game on Sunday night yeah I think it's going to be a shootout I, I think you know because the Bills defense is not what it was and the Bengals offense has found its way um, and is as well as the the Bengals defense is playing in terms of turnovers they are still giving up a lot of yards and yeah. I, I think you can count on Josh Allen having at least one turnover in this game. I mean, he hasn't four straight games, um, but they're going to move the ball. They're going to score. It's, it's kind of what it looked like it was going to be on that mo- that Monday night game last year where both teams went right down the field and scored. The Bengals are yeah. going right back down the field on their second possession uh, when, when DeMar went down. Um, different story in the playoff game, but that was a bad weather game. It was like yeah. sleety rain, and um, the Bengals got out early and, and just really kind of buried the Bills. Um, I, I think this is going to be back and forth and um, high scoring, a lot of action. Um, I don't know. I, I think if you're a, a Bengals fan, this is this is a game you should be excited about because for so long they dreaded primetime games because the Bengals were so <laughs> bad in primetime. And, and now you look, you got, you got three of the next five in primetime, which is – for Bengals fans, what we talked about earlier with this jumbled AFC, mm-hmm. if you if you enjoy the process of schadenfreude and rooting for other people's <laughs> misfortune, and, and you can watch the the afternoon games and root against all the teams ahead of the Bengals, I think that that's a that's a great setup for the Bengals fans. Yeah. On the other hand, yes, they've gotten much better in primetime. They still haven't won a primetime road game since 2012 in Philadelphia, and. After Buffalo this week, then they go to Baltimore, they go to Jacksonville for those next two primetime games. So those are going to be big tests. But but this game, I just – I don't – the thing about Buffalo is they're coming off a mini-buy. They played Thursday night. Mm-hmm. They had no business letting Tampa Bay stick around in that game. I just – their defense is 
is a shell of itself right now without Milano and all those other pieces. I just don't see how the Bengals don't get anywhere close to 30 in this game. And then it's going to come down to, you know, do, do they get, get out early? And then that's sometimes that's when you see Josh Allen, his, his, his turnovers tend to happen when he forces the issue and, and, tries to take some of those shots that he probably shouldn't. Now, they don't play from behind a lot, but it's still mm-hmm. one of those things where I don't know if it's hubris or what it is, it's just the trust in his arm. But he's going to throw the ball to the Bengals probably a couple times and and how many times they can come up with those. Can Trey Hendrickson uh, manage this ankle injury and, and be mm-hmm. good as, as good as we've seen leading up to this game and get in there and get a strip sack or two and, and get pressure on him? Um, I just, I don't know. I, I think I, I favor the Bengals in this game because they are at home, because I know what that atmosphere is like now in those home games at Paycor Stadium mm-hmm. and just what I've seen from Buffalo recently. But this is still a good Buffalo team, and it's just like the Bengals. It's when you've got that kind of roster, it can click at any point. And I don't, I don't want to say it clicked against Tampa Bay, but you, you just, if you're a Bengals fan, you better be worried that it doesn't click Sunday night against the Bengals. Definitely. And I think you look at this at the Buffalo defense that you mentioned they're missing Matt Milano, the linebacker, maybe one of the best coverage linebackers in the NFL. They're missing Tredavious White, their top corner. He ruptured his Achilles earlier this season. He's out. And Daquan Jones, who might not be a household name, but really, really good defensive tackle. So that's like all three levels of the Bengals, yeah, of the, the Bills defense. Yeah. Who, yeah, the spine of the defense who are missing like these key pieces. Now, there's still a few hours till the trade deadline. Buffalo could go out and get a corner or a yeah. linebacker or a defensive lineman, you know, today and have them play on Sunday. We don't know. But they're missing a lot of pieces that I think the Bengals can probably take advantage of it and put some points up on this defense. It's not the Buffalo defensive old. That, that is absolutely for sure. Mm-hmm. On the other side of the ball, I don't think Buffalo offensive line is that good. I think Deion Dawkins, the left tackle, is, a, is an above average player. I think they're probably average mid-tier to below along the rest of that line. Bengals defensive line, that core four that Lou and Arumo talks about, mm. I think they can get after and get and get some pressure on, on Josh Allen, force him into these mistakes that we're talking about, and and if they can kind of capitalize on those, we've we've seen the Bengals with a defensive touchdown this season, we've seen them make some big plays on that side of the ball. If they can do that. I, I think they have a good chance. The one thing that would concern me is, is the wide receivers, Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis. We saw Gabe Davis last week have an absolutely huge game. Both guys that can get over the top, that can create these big explosive plays that the Bengals defense was giving up, you know, against the Titans. We saw these these huge chunk yardage passing plays. Buffalo has better wide receivers and quarterback talent than Tennessee does. Uh, That'd be the one thing I think about on defense is how do you limit these big explosive plays? Can we kind of keep everything in front of us, right, and rally the ball, tackle, hope for some turnovers, just can't allow those, those huge explosive plays again. Yeah, and you you think about it. I mean, today is the one year anniversary of Cheeto's ACL tear, mm-hmm. and they've still kind of been managing him. They started DJ Turner ahead of him, so yep. he's not a hundred percent yet. DJ Turner is a rookie. Cam Taylor Britt left that game briefly with a with an injury. Zach Taylor said they had some guys that got dinged up, and they'll have to manage it. So I, I think Cam's going to be fine, but he's still in his second year. So you're right. I mean, and you've got two brand new safeties. Now I know it's kind of like in baseball when you say you're not a rookie anymore midway through the season, but those guys, it's still, you know, Dax Hill in his first year as a starter, Nick Scott in his first year here there. You could see that, especially with the way it seems like when the Bengals give up big plays, 
it's on those scrambles where the quarterback makes yeah. something happen and someone comes open late. And Josh Allen is excellent at that. Mm-hmm. Be interesting to see how. I mean, Lou is he's blitzed a lot more this year than he has in the past. Um, does he come after a guy like Josh Allen? And he's he's done it a lot. It's not so much with the linebackers; it's with the the safeties and the corners coming off the edge. Mm-hmm. Um, do they do they come at him from his right side and try to make him roll to the left? And I don't know. It's it's going to be really interesting. You know, Lou's going to have a plan. Um, it's going to be interesting yeah. to see what it is, but you're right. That that's the one bugaboo that this this Bengals defense has not yet fixed. They give up a lot of explosives, and and the Bills thrive on that. And that, that's why I think we are going to see a lot of points Sunday night. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree. I think I think after watching Joe Burrow against this 49ers defense, I, the Bills defense just isn't at the caliber of the 49ers right now. The 49ers defense has had some issues in these past weeks, but they're still a top two, top three defense. That's how we kind of used to think about the Bills defense, but they're just not there anymore with the losses they've had. Mm. So I I would think that they're set up. The Bengals are set up for a very good offensive performance, um, just like they had last week. Um, Jay, should we get into our bets for the week and yeah. our predictions? And let's let's talk about this game. I'm I'm so excited for this game. I mean, I think this is going to yeah. be just really fun. I, I was so excited for that Buffalo game last year. Obviously, it didn't get to happen. I think to see this this kind of rematch in the regular season on in prime time. I'm incredibly excited for it. Um, now I know last week in our bets, you and I did not do that well uh, in our betting we pushed, director. Brian, I mean, Brian was well. Bad. Okay, it's it's fine. Brian Lewis, our betting director who who does bets with us, did a little bit better. He was two and zero. Jay, what what do we have for this week? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll recap this real quick because uh, yep. I'm kind of kicking myself. I did the teaser last week just to get mm-hmm. some extra points for the Bengals. They didn't need the points at all. I teased them up to 11 and a half and then over 40 and a half. So I won that one. Um, my my four-way money line parlay, I just never bet on the Chiefs. They're a very good team, but they, they're not good against the spread. I went money line, and then they still lost in Denver. So I I lost that parlay and broke even. Uh, You picked San Francisco to win, but you bet on the Bengals to cover. So you won that one. Um, And and then you had Atlanta minus two and a half at Tennessee. I was with you on that. I thought they were going to go in there and stomp them. And then here comes Will Levis. Will Levis show, man. (laughs) That was amazing. Um, So, yeah, we split. uh, Brian, back on on it, uh, had Tampa plus eight and a half against Buffalo, uh, that one. And then he was on the other side of us. He had Tennessee plus the two and a half. So – um, he is good week for Brian. He is back to even on the season. Uh, I'm in second at minus 30 and you are in last at minus 40, but a lot of, a lot of football left as they like a lot to of say. season left. Yes. So a uh, Bri- season left. Brian's bets this week, he's, he's going chiefs minus two and a half against the dolphins over in, in Germany on Sunday good. morning. Um, and then he's got uh Tampa Bay plus three and like an idiot. I did not write down who they are playing this week. Um, I just Tampa wrote down Bay this. is playing. I should know this off the top of my head, but I don't. Playing the Texans. Okay. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah, I can see that too. Um, I'm going, my Bengals bet, I'm going to go, like I said earlier, Josh Allen. I don't know what the line is on this because mm-hmm. it's later in the week when they put the player props up. Whatever it is, I'm going to over half of an interception. He's going to throw one. Um, yes. So I'll, I'll look up whatever that that line is but that's i'm gonna go with him to throw one he's thrown one in four straight games he's thrown one in six of eight games this year he throws a lot of them uh the yeah. Bengals get a lot of them it just feels like a, a sure bet i'm only gonna put five units on that one though uh, i'm gonna put 15 units on another teaser um and i'm gonna i'm gonna go against brian which might not be smart but i'm gonna go dolphins plus eight and then the over 
45 on that Germany game. I think that okay. game's going to be a shootout. Yeah. They're yeah, gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna soar. And like I said, the Chiefs just never cover the spread. So yeah. bump that two to eight. I guess Brian's got it two and a half. So I get, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take eight and a half instead of eight, um, and I'm gonna put 15 units on that one. Okay. I like that. I, I can't wait for that game. It's, I know it's going to be a, it's going to be an early one here in Central Time, but we'll we'll have to get up for that <laughs> one. Um, okay, for, for my non Bengals bet, I'm going to go with Seahawks minus five and a half at Baltimore. Um, I, I think these are two really good teams, but I think it's a lot of points for a Seattle team that's looked really good. Their defense has looked really good. They just picked up Leonard Williams from the Giants. Uh, they they resigned Frank Clark. They've got a lot of good pieces on both sides of the ball, so I like I like them. Um, in that matchup, and then I'll just go ahead and do my my Bengals pick because I, my Bengals bet is Bengals minus three. Uh, I'm going to go Bengals thirty, Bills twenty five. I think it's going to be a shootout as well. Um, but I picked to get the bank against the Bengals last week. I, I didn't I didn't feel great about it. It didn't didn't come through for me. I, I think the Bengals have a good chance in this game. Like we talked about those injuries on the on the Bills defense. I, I think the Bills can put up points too, but I, I just see it being a tight scoring game or a high scoring game that is tight. So I'm going to go Bengals 30, Bills 25, Bengals pull out the win to go to five and three. You said Bengals minus three. Is that line up to minus three already? It, it opened at one and a half. I saw two and a half this morning and there must be I a, see, I see three. Uh, yeah. There must be a lot of money coming in on the Bengals. It's, it's yeah. that Joe Burrow bump. And, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's surprising that it's climbed that much. Uh, what 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 are your thoughts on just a real quick fantasy bet? Um, AFC Offensive Player of the Week. Do, will it be Burrow with the twenty eight of thirty two and the three touchdowns yeah. against a quality team in San Francisco, or is it going to be Will Levis? Four touchdowns I think, I, I in his it, debut, but against a not so good team. I think if you look at the box score, it's Will Levis. Yeah. If you watch the games, it's Joe Burrow. Yeah, because Will Levis like didn't do didn't do that much beyond those four touchdowns. Like obviously four right. touchdowns in your first first NFL start, that's great. He was decent the rest of the game, but they didn't move the ball a ton. It was mm-hmm. just they had four massive plays that allowed right. him to get four touchdowns. Joe Burrow, I think, had more of a complete performance, uh, and like you said, against a better team. Maybe I'm biased, but I'd give it to him. But I wouldn't be surprised if it. It goes the other way. Yeah, Joe's won a lot of these awards. Maybe it's kind yeah. of spread it around a little bit. I, I think I yeah. do. I think they're going to give it to Will Levis. Just the the fact that it was his debut, four touchdowns, uh, pretty remarkable. Uh, it would be interesting to see. I, I think it's uh, they used to announce it early on Wednesdays. I think it's closer to noon now on, on okay. Wednesdays when they announce it. So we'll, we'll find yeah. out tomorrow. Yeah, we'll see. Um, did you make your Bengals pick? Did you make your Bengals bet? Uh, yeah. So. I'm going to go – I'm going to stay right in that kind of realm, but I'm going to go yeah. Bengals 31, Bills 27. Like I said, okay. I, just, I think it's going to be a shootout. I think there's going to be a lot of points. Um, I just – I don't know. I, I, I don't want to say I can't see the Bengals losing this game, but I felt good about them going to San Francisco and winning. I feel even better about them coming back home. The mm-hmm. atmosphere it's going to be uh, – I don't know if, if – some of you that, that are watching this have seen, but they're going to do something new for this game. It's called Stripe the Jungle, and they have they have put out a seat map, a Paycor Stadium seat map, and depending on what section you're in, you're supposed to wear either black or orange. So it's going to be it's going to look like Bengal stripes throughout the entire crowd. They've done the white out, the white tiger mm-hmm. game. This is something new. I think it's going to look really cool, yeah. um, and just the the whole where this team is right now. 
the the way that this city comes together for these primetime games. I think it's going to be a really, really electric atmosphere. And and the Bengals feed off of that. And um, it was it was interesting. I, I didn't realize this, but Ted Karras mentioned it. And then we asked Zach Taylor about it in his press conference yesterday. And Zach kind of smirked. Um, at the end of the at the end of the first half, the the yes Sunday, the the Bengals gave up on their their silent count. They were doing audible counts and yeah. you don't you don't see that on the road very often now <laughs> no. i don't know if that's because the 49er fans weren't into it that much there were a ton of bengal fans there so maybe they were behaving and staying quiet when the Bengals had the ball but that's remarkable yeah. that you could go into a, a team that good go into their stadium and quiet the crowd to that point where you can yeah. do your normal cadence um josh allen is not going to be able to do that sunday night that's that pay for no no definitely not i think it'll be just an incredible atmosphere. It feels like the the Bengals are just rolling right now. It feels mm-hmm. like, and maybe we're putting too much stock in what they did the past couple of years, where they were able to do this, go on these big runs, and get themselves in the playoff playoffs. But it's it's hard to separate that when you've seen this team do that before. When mm-hmm. you've seen this team make that kind of run before, then you see them go out to San Francisco and beat a 49ers team that that we all still think is good. For Joe Burrow to be this effective, it's like. You don't want to get in front of this oncoming train right now. It feels like it's just yeah. rolling around the rolling down the tracks and there's no stopping. So I think there's really no there's really no reason for either of us to pick against the Bengals right now. It just feels like everything is clicking, everything is coming together right now. And yeah, I, I'm very excited for the for this game. Jay, we just saw our first big trade of the trade deadline. We're recording oh. this before the trade deadline. Montez Sweat, commander's defensive end to the Chicago Bears for a 2024 second round pick. So the Bears are acquiring players now. That's yeah, that is surprising. That, that's interesting. I guess they want to extend him, but not expecting the Bengals to do anything before the deadline. Um, no. Or, or if, if they do, we will come back and, and do another emergency podcast. Now, maybe they go after a tight end after that Irv Smith fumble. Maybe they try and get a running back after they, they lost Chase Brown to IR. But I think both of us are kind of thinking it'll be a, a quiet deadline for the Bengals. Yeah, the, the, chase, the, the running back, I think, would be the more likely because we don't know. They know how bad mm-hmm. that injury is. Uh, they, they are not going to tell us, but the fact that they put him on IR instantly tells you it's a, it's a long-term deal. You know, Irv Smith had the hamstring earlier in the year. They did put him on IR. He only missed two games. This, this one's yeah. different. I mean, he left practice on a card. It was, it was a bad hamstring injury and they just, they just don't trust. It seems like Travion Williams and, and Chris Evans. And again, you, you can't keep riding Joe Mixon for the duration of the season there. they need some yeah. help there. They just don't like to go out and get help in the middle of the season. So I, I'd still I'd still put it at probably like an 8% chance they make a deal. Yeah. Uh, more than likely, we're going to be talking about 52 straight years without making yes. a trade deadline, <laughs> without acquiring a player in season. Right. All right. Well, we've got four hours till the trade deadline. If anything happens, we will come back and do another another show for you. But for now, that's, that's going to be it for the week. Um, thanks again for listening. Make sure you give us a subscription and a, and a thumbs up on YouTube. Make sure you give us a review if you're listening on a podcast platform. Come read all of Jay's coverage at Pro Football Network. Come read all of our trade deadline coverage and fantasy and betting and college and everything we do at PFN. Uh, we will be back next week. Thank you again to Jay. Thank you again to the Bengals for giving us a good game this week. <laughs> and uh, we will talk to you next week. 